You are listening to You, Me, and an Album, episode 25. I'm Al Melchior. Oh, man. That song is... Uh, him playing that one live, it, it, it's captivating. It's it, it, He owns every single ounce of... of of uh, of oxygen from everybody on every single word. That was Nick Pollock talking about the Devin Townsend Band's 2003 album, Accelerated Evolution. Nick is the president and founder of Pitcher List, and he's also written about baseball for the Washington Post and Rotographs. Now, Nick and I have talked a little bit about music in the past, probably more about baseball, but in my opinion, we haven't talked about music enough. So Nick, thanks for coming on here and correcting that situation, and welcome to You, Me, and an Album. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks so much, Al, for the invite. And yes, we get to talk more about music and Devin Townsend. And oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, I, I didn't even know that, you know, Devin Townsend was something or someone we needed to be talking about. So I was completely unaware of him prior to setting up the show. Well, I mean, it makes me, you know, I feel like it's my duty to make everyone know about this wonderful, wonderful man. And uh, I mean, yeah, who better than to start with you, Al? Uh, well, well I, I am honored, Nick. Uh, we will get to it. And, you, you know, I normally when I have somebody on here, uh, I start with something that's not music, um, you know, and I have a lot of obviously a lot of baseball people. It makes sense that I do. Uh, but, you know, I, so I started to put the rundown together and I thought, well, if I start to ask you about pitcher list, that's going to be an episode all into itself. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll just say that if anybody out there loves baseball and hasn't uh, visited Pitcher List and doesn't go there. Um, that you you need to you need to correct that immediately. Uh, in fact, just put this on pause. Go go to pitcherlist.com. Um, it is an amazing site, Nick. Uh, I, I know I told you before, but I'll, I'll tell you again here that um, I, it's just so impressive to me that uh, you, you've created this wonderful thing uh, called Pitcher List and All right. the way that we're it's gonna, evolved. We're gonna stop now. We're gonna stop with that. Thank you so much, Al. It's very kind of you. Those words. <laughs> But I, but yeah, go check out Pitchers, all that fun stuff. But no, we're gonna talk about music. This is music time. I, I this is really me just getting like, let's move on so that I can be talk about this album because I'm so excited that you listened to this multiple times and he's so wonderful and it's just a different <laughs> thing and I, I just want to yeah I'm just so excited. So thank you for all those kind words, but. We'll move on. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. They're well-deserved. We will talk about Devin Townsend. We are going to talk about music now, but I'm going to put Devin Townsend on hold for, for a couple of minutes here because I want to talk about you, Nick, because um, maybe it was when we got together in Arizona, but somewhere that you had mentioned to me that you you play guitar. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I know that, but I don't know much beyond that. So sure. I'm just curious about how long you've been playing, if you play in bands. So what's uh, what what is your journey as a guitarist? Oh, man. Um, when I was just about to turn 17, my dad uh, put a guitar in my hand and told me that uh, D, A, and E, um, those chords made up Houses of the Holy by Led Zeppelin. And I was convinced that I was playing that song all of a sudden. And the feeling of uh, yeah, being able to play that music for a moment was just so much. Um, so, so I got hooked. And I remember actually, uh, just for the next year or so, using my dad's guitar, he got me a new one. Um, a uh, Dean Evo, which is not your standard Dean. It kind of is like a, um, almost like a Les Paul version of, of a Dean. Um, and then even, it was just, I, I just couldn't be separated from it. I'd be in my room, my computer, and always having my guitar with me. And I, through college, actually, I actually remember graduating thinking to myself, like, I'm going to go and play guitar for a living. Like, it was always, 
hard rock and grunge and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I just love guitar riffs. I got addicted to this. There was this whole world that I didn't understand until I was about 15, 16 about riffs and guitar and all these cool things you can do with it. And I thought, yeah, I thought I was going to play guitar forever. I went and got a job out of college like Guitar Center because I wanted to learn more about it. And it just felt like an, the obvious job for me to do as I got the supplies and like the, um, you know, all, all the strings and picks and my amp and my new guitar all through Guitar Center. And it was obvious. And then I realized it's not <laughs> easy to do that. Um, it is terribly hard to uh, become a musician. I, I certainly wasn't. Um, I didn't have the musicianship of so many others. I always was egotistical in thinking that the things that I was writing was, um, you know, just so good enough that I could, you know, be, and get through everything. But um, I tried a couple bands. I had, I, you know, I, I had a couple songs with some guys I knew around here in Brooklyn. And then I had one band called, uh, well, I don't know if I want to announce the name of my pants, um, but I... I, I I was in a band with a like, female-led singer that was really fun for a moment, but we never really got into the full process of gigging. And then uh, I had a full year, actually, the year before um, Pitcher List, where I had all this free time and I didn't really know what to do. And I wanted to, I realized I kind of need to move on from music. So I, I, I just exhausted it. And I did a project of writing a song every weekday and putting up online wow um which i don't want to call it again don't want to give the name of because i i don't know i'm it's it's a weird thing um and i uh, yeah so so i did that i uh, they're all not good um there may be they're like you know there's a good handful maybe a dozen or so um that i think are actually like really good songs uh, none of them with lyrics just guitar um but understanding like what it would do musically because i can't sing at all um, and I can hear it in my head, but I just can't actually do it. Uh, and then after that, actually, with a couple of friends of mine, um, I, we realized that we had a drummer and there were two other guitarists and one of them decided to do bass and can sing decently. So we started a band for about two and a half years or so, which was a lot of fun. And wow. for me, was able I was able to kind of say, like, cool, this is what it's like. I'm gigging now. I'm doing those things. And uh, that ended about two years ago. Um, and that was really fun and it kind of, you know, that was part of my experience, but it's always been, you know, guitar driven stuff, um, clean vocals, but really loud, heavy melody and riff based grooves, if that makes sense. Um, and less of the, uh, the standard, uh, you know, Brooklyn affair of like Williamsburg indie rock, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, it's less about like lyrics don't matter to me. Uh, it's all about what the vocals are doing melodically and, and rhythmically. Um, and what they're actually saying, I call it the 5% rule of only 5% of the time will I actually care about the lyrics, whether it being good or bad, which I know is not for everybody, but you know, music is a cool thing where you, everyone likes different aspects of it. And, you know, I think that's a really cool thing about it. So yeah, that's, that's a really quick condensed. If you want to take five minutes as condensed, but yeah, that's my history with guitar. <laughs> Well, I'll take uh, your comment there about uh, the 5% rule. I'll take that as a little victory for myself as well. So this is hmm. two episodes in a row where I've had a guest who have said that they don't pay much attention to the lyrics. And that's after like a whole bunch of guests who said that. <laughs> in fact, I had one guest who said that like she could, you know, forgive a song that's not great musically as long as the lyrics are great. Or maybe it was the other way hmm. around that you can't sure. forgive a song for lousy lyrics. But um, yeah, so you know, that that's, I love the five, 5% rule. I think that's probably about right for me too. Um, 
but also just yet yeah, that you've mentioned that you know you're really into like riff based guitar never would have guessed that listening to this album oh that's Hashtag yeah that's sarcasm. interesting yeah yeah well i mean yeah well the, okay so, so so here's the thing um right this is like a ton of riffs and everything in this uh but you also would think like as a you know i'm a guitar guy and you know i, I was debating between so many albums to do for this with you because i i'm uh, yeah like dream theater was up there um and the main thing about dream theater that a lot of people go to is that it's just it's you know people call it wanking like it's a wankery you mm-hmm. know over just like so much going on and all this stuff um and tons of solos and 12 minute songs and all that kind of thing sometimes longer and Devin doesn't really do that uh he, he kind of he has like one solo i think on the album um, and it's not really his thing, and it's much more about the like. Yeah. Yes, there are riffs and everything, but it's much more of the entire feel of it all. And obviously, we'll go into that more later. But but yeah, I'm, I like guitar yeah. riffs a lot. They're great. <laughs> so that's something I would have known even without the conversation, just from listening to the album. Um, hmm. But also, just before we do get to the album, I want to uh, just ask you again about your your guitar playing a little bit because I mean, you talked about like types of music that that you liked and you know, I would take it that you found maybe inspirational, but are there particular guitarists? And I'm going to guess Devin Townsend maybe is one, but particular guitarists that you, that you just really like to listen to that maybe you try to emulate or that you, you use their parts to practice any that really have been kind of prominent for you in your playing. Oh yeah. Oh man. Um, I mean, Tom Morello was the first one. Uh, I, w- I was tempted to do rage uh, for this as well. Um, but I, I kind of had a feeling, you know, Rage and talking about Rage Against the Machine was going to be more in the lyric side. Not, and not I as really well as I'd like. So, okay. Yeah, I w- actually would have been super happy with that pick. Oh, well, our, well, this is a good one, too. We're going <laughs> to go with this. But uh, no, yeah, Tom Morello, <laughs> I mean, uh, the stuff that he was doing, I actually remember, I think, I think the entire music renaissance I had was because of The Matrix, the very end of that movie. Um, Neo is in a phone booth and he, all of a sudden he leaves it. And Wake Up by Rage Against the Machine is playing as he goes and soars off into the air. And it's this like ridiculous thing. And I remember being like, this is so great. And at the time, like you don't have Shazam or something like that. I had no idea what song it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't really even think of like Googling the lyrics or something like that um, back in what, 2000 or whatever. And my dad convinced me that it was Cashmere by Led Zeppelin because it is kind of like a, it's a D chord and it's like a heavy, like a, like a march to it. Um, and my dad played Kashmir once. And I was like, that's it. Totally. Yeah, that's the random thing I heard. Um, and that got me on Led Zeppelin, which was the beginning of my you know, understanding uh, of music. So, yeah, many ways, Tom Morello, I mean, when I came back to it and realized that's what it was, I learned all of his riffs. Um, and I'm still, I would say, heavily influenced by you know his ability to to make something simple, but just about how you play it is very much uh, you know kind of forgotten um like the the kind of um i want to say uh, swagger you have hitting notes where you're not trying to be methodically right on the right on the note every time and adding that vibrato and little bends and just having that yeah that feel and swagger with it is so so important jimmy page then obviously i mean i got into led zeppelin how could i not yeah. 
be into that. But then like Jimi Hendrix is so great. I don't actually say that I play like him as much because I didn't actually take the time to learn his little tricks and his um, little trills and uh, um, all of that stuff. It's safe for like the inverted um, third above the the chord, which I call a Hendrix chord, which I don't, I don't know if anyone's listening and knows music theory and stuff. I don't really know too much, but I understand if you take like a normal, like a, I don't know, you have a, a bar starting with the A and you flip it over and you do the third instead of the root. And that's, I call it a Hendrix chord. Anyway, um, so a lot of those older guys, I mean, Richie Blackmore doesn't get enough love and he is so brilliant. And I mean, you want to talk about like being into riffs. I, he wrote so many incredible riffs that we just kind of forget about with Deep Purple and then on with Rainbow. And um, now he has Blackmore's Night, which is pretty cool too. He's he's something else. Too. I mean, there, there are so many guys. And then in the modern era, of course, like Petrucci and Mark Tremonti. Tremonti's part of Alter Bridge. Uh, Trem- uh, Petrucci's part of uh, Dream Theater. And and now, yeah, here's, here's Devin Townsend, who's just like, uh, here's a riff, but let's just make it as massive as possible. And that that's pretty cool to me. Well, cool. And I I, I want to get back to like you talk about Dream Theater and um, you know to me there I don't know if this is correct or not, Nick, but uh, I I kind of associate them with like progressive metal and oh yeah, they're the kings uh, I, of progressive you know, metal. So yeah, yeah. So you know I I want to talk about that genre a little bit. Sure. Uh, but before we do, uh, again I want to talk about your choice of of this particular guitarist, this artist, and this album. So. As I and I can't remember now if I think I think I actually said it before I hit record, but uh, <laughs> I didn't know Devin Townsend at all. I mean, when you said, hmm. "Yeah, I'm going to pick a Devin Townsend album," I'm like, "Oh, is that Pete Townsend's kid? Like, who is?" Yeah, this? right. Everyone um, thinks that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so completely ignorant, and um, you know, felt kind of, kind of silly too because everybody that gets featured on the show, I go and I follow from the Twitter account that I created for the show, and I mean, he's got like more than a hundred thousand followers, so you know. It's just somebody big that I had never heard of. Um, but when when did you become familiar with Devin Townsend? So I think it was the at the end of college. Um, it was through Dream Theater. I had like a moment uh, in uh, late high school. Like Dream Theater has a song called Home that I think is maybe the most accessible one. Just listen to that and all of a sudden it hits at like 140 in the song. And it's like known in the community as a wow, wow moment. <laughs> Like W-A-H, W-A-H, and it's just, oh, it, it just hits you. And I went on a whole like two-year adventure listening to all of Dream Theater, and they have so many records, and they're all just so different. And, and yeah, the world of progressive metal is, you, know, you break out of the verse-chorus, 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 or, or verse-chorus, uh, bridge-chorus mentality, and it just, it opens your eyes to like, oh, right, you can add extra beats here and there, and you can go musically in different ways with melodies, and intricate arrangements all this stuff it's just crazy and you can go between genres inside of songs and it's just a completely the feeling of um i mean for me musically is i uh, yeah I, I really enjoy having you know that riff that you re- keep going back to and that um expectation is really comforting at times right especially when it's one that's a good it's you know it sounds good i don't know exactly why all the all the times like there are bad riffs and there are good riffs and like <laughs> why that melody and syncopation is exactly it is kind of interesting but whatever there it is um so there's that comfort to a good one and a real groove with it and the drums emphasizing exactly as it should and you feel locked in um but with the progressive metal a lot it's so fascinating when 
they go in directions you don't expect and it's subverting expectations in a way that works. Not for just for the sake of being weird, it actually, mm-hmm. it, it still just continuously brings you on the journey and you don't feel jarred, you don't feel uh, uncomfortable, it doesn't feel dissonant in the way of conflicting and what you, you know, uh, your happiness with it, if that makes sense. Um, and Dream Theater does this unbelievably well. There are certain times, again, that they just go off on these like three minute instrumentals of just, you know, the keyboards doing all crazy things and guitar is too, and it's just too much and it doesn't feel harmonious with itself in, um, in like kind of like the song's direction. Uh, not, I'm sure it's great harmony. It's mm-hmm. not what I mean by harmonious. I mean, like, a, you know, everybody holding hands and enjoying each other together <laughs> as opposed to separately. Um, so, so progressive metal to me is very much of breaking the norm of like, this is how you have to do music, but it all is rooted in, it still works. It's a journey that is really fun and, and goes through these different passages that all link together really well. They all are unified by at the end. They still have fantastic choruses. Mm -hmm. They still have really great melodies. Um, it's just also really hard at times too and it's like big guitars and and huge drums and i love it most when it doesn't have growling or screaming because that's just terrible (laughs) it's like (laughs) grating to me it takes away from the music you know it's not musical to me just screaming loudly or growling deeply like what that's not give me a lovely clean voice that is following along and actually adding to this landscape you know or, or soundscape it's uh so that I mean that to me is progressive metal. There are certain guys that do it super well. Dream Theater is one of them. Another one is Porcupine Tree. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one actually, Pineapple Thief, that isn't as metally, but they still do the same kind of um, progressive stuff, uh, and they they're just fascinating with their songwriting. I mean, I can go on for a long time citing many many bands, but Devin to me is this unique one where he I uh, so through Dream Theater he had an album out at the time. I think it was um, the next one after this that people were talking about, um, Sinkestra, I believe it was called. Um, and it, to me, it was just too much at first. And I didn't, I actually was kind of turned away from Townsend. And then I listened to this record in particular, and he's written, you gotta understand 20 albums or something along his day. He's gone through a lot of of different stuff and we'll go into kind of his journey to this album, Mm -hmm. I think a little bit later, but Accelerate Evolution is the more accessible one. Um, Devin can be very chaotic. I mean, very out there and just what was that? You know, <laughs> absolutely kick your butt kind of stuff. And this one is much more focused on his, you know, his sound um, and retaining a lot of the catchy stuff, kind of showcasing like, hey guys, like I can make, I can make the music that is going to be a broader scope. Um, and to me, it's this beautiful mix of, of that poppy hooks and just the huge nature and uh, just being like, I don't care what the structures are supposed to be necessarily. I will just kind of do what I think sounds great. And, oh, it's so good, Al. <laughs> well, okay. So you, you um, talked about a number of things that I, I was going to get to sooner or later. later yeah, I'm so, so sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is all good. So it's, it's nice, smooth segues. Um, and one of the things I wanted to say was that, you know, when you picked this album and then I started to read up on Devin Townsend and, you know, right away learned that he was not related to Pete Townsend. Right, uh, of course. No that, H. <laughs> so, you know, that his music was categorized as progressive metal or extreme metal. And right away, I just thought, oh, this is going to be tough. Right, um, right. And, and and here's the thing. My favorite genre of music is progressive rock. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've always been frustrated and disappointed when I check out a band like Dream Theater because I just think, okay, well, this is kind of just then the next wave of progressive and, you know, I should really like this. And I I never really enjoy it that much. And you mentioned Porcupine Tree. I've got a friend who is really into them and semi-spoiler alert, I've been trying to work out a date to get him to come on here and I think we'll almost certainly wind up talking about a porcupine tree album when when that happens Great. it's got to be dead winger in essentia <laughs> it's got to be one of those two so good so, so good. well i don't you know i i don't know i we'll see if that that if that uh, is what he chooses but um i've tried to you know like them when i've listened to them i've really tried to like dream theater and it just hasn't hasn't clicked for me so then when i saw oh, okay progressive metal like oh, okay is this going to be another kind of you know difficult listen for me so right away i feel like i you know, came into this with, uh, you know, a bit of a, a preconceived idea that I sure, might yeah. not like this album that much. Right, right. Um, I, I understand that completely. And by the way, I'll I'll tell and remind you later. But Pineapple Thief is the perfect uh, entry point if you're trying to go from progressive rock to metal. It's not really even that much metal. Uh, it's uh, I'll I'll send you that later. I just don't want to forget that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, but you know, it's not just the metal because I mean, I, I like music that's heavy. Uh, so I think some of it is what you talked about, like when it's a band that's got the screaming vocals and that's just a hard thing for me to, yeah. uh, it's not for me. to, to listen to, I guess. Uh, so some of it is that, but also musically too, it, this actually goes back directly to something you were saying that when I listen to a band like Genesis or yes, or some King Crimson, but although not necessarily every album, uh, that it's not just that there's really cool kind of experimental stuff going on in terms of time signatures and instrumentation and song structure, but that there's a real warmth to the music, especially Mm. with Genesis, which is why I talk about them constantly on this podcast and why I've been listening to them, you know, a lot, uh, you know, since 1980. Uh, There's just, there's a certain warmth in the way that they, they, the the songs are written and, and performed. And I have found that lacking in, most of the progressive metal yeah that I've that's a to. really good way of putting it out i mean the uh progressive metal i will say tends to um be dark right it's very like eerie and and, and shifting and it's i, I think that's because it, it understands um the avenue that has been less explored in music i mean it's always been like okay happy i want to hold your hand and uh, all these lovely things right that's kind of where the root was where you got to express happy moments and love and all of that and progressive metal has been more, I'm like, okay, there's this whole area of emotion that is just not tapped. Um, and a lot of bands go there. And Devin doesn't do that necessarily. He goes in and out. He's, he's, a, he's a human. You know, he, he, he is so unbelievably <laughs> human. And again, like so many reasons why I love him. But um, I mean, he has a song on um, an, another record I was even tempting to, to, to do for this. It's called uh, Ocean Machine Biomech. It's called Life. And it's this lovely song. It's got this beautiful, it's all major. Um, and it's all like, I'll see you on the other side. Like, it's okay. We'll be all right. We'll be fine. And like, this is, he goes back and forth with this stuff as he personally wrestles with it all. Um, and even see on the album cover, it has a rainbow on it. Uh, it's it, uh, of Accelerated Evolution. Um, Devin, oh yeah, Devin, and you can hear any of these songs and we're going to, oh, oof, the emotion of these songs. Oh, <laughs> Oh my lord! Um, but yeah, so I, I fully understand. That's a really good way of putting it. Being like the warmth of progressive rock, 
can be lost a lot in progressive metal. And it's actually, I think, yeah, part of the reason why I just don't touch a lot of the screaming and the and the the low growl vocals is because it's just there is no that that dynamic isn't quite there all the time unless it's Opeth and that's just the one exception. But th- that's for another time, Al. I'll, I'll talk to you in like three years and you'll get to Opeth and you'll be very happy okay. you did. Yeah. All right. So you got to just yeah after we're done here, mark that on the calendar. Yeah. There you go. Three years. Love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, we're we're uh, we're here uh, to talk about uh, uh, accelerated evolution. So let's let's get to it. Uh, I feel like you know we've almost kind of half started already. Um, mm. So let's let's go track by track here. And uh, the the opening track is Death Charge. And I gotta say that something I wrote here just above all of my little comments about each of the tracks was. Not many songs I really like all the way through, but every song has something really cool in it. Depth mm. Charge is definitely a song that I just really, really like <laughs> a oh, lot. Nice. It's just great. It's such a good opener. Um, and to, to get back to the the conversation about progressive rock and progressive metal, there's that little keyboard figure at the beginning that really yep. gives it a proggy feel and kind of just telegraphed to me like, okay, you're going to hear something that's going to have some prog elements in it. And um, I really liked this song. I won't say I liked it the very first time, but sure. by the second time and after, it's just like I, I just went back and just listened to the song on its own because I thought it was so cool. He's he's got this. Uh, it, it, he so Devin really in this album really likes going for this big chorus sound, um, and it kind of has like the depth charge of the vocals even get that chorus sound to it too. Um, it, it, it kind of establishes from the very first like five ten seconds of what his sound is, and I've said it multiple times, but it's massive. They call him Heavy Devi, and it's the mm-hmm. wall of sound. I mean, it, 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 it's the absolute opposite of some like I don't know, um, uh, un oh, what was it? What is it? It's the acoustic live stuff on something. I can't. Oh, un- unplugged or unplugged. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, it's the opposite of that because you hear every single note look clearly and it's simple and stuff like that. No, this is just, okay, we're, we're in this bubble of sound forever now. Um, and he establishes it right with the first one. Um, and I should I, I should mention this, by the way, before we go straight into this. Um, the story of Devin is he came from Steve Vai's singer. If you don't know Steve Vai's virtuoso um, mm-hmm. guitarist from the early 90s, uh, and Devin sent him, I believe, some tapes, and he got to be his uh, touring singer. Then he got his chance in a band called Strapping Young Lad. He, he ran it. It was his thing. Actually, if you want to talk about commercial success, that was probably at his peak, is he was on, featured on MTV and stuff. He's this ghastly-looking guy. Uh, I, I mean, he's like, he's going to say it, too, where it's balding at the top, has so much hair on his sides like a monk, but think of it going all the way down to his uh, hips or so. I mean, it, it, he is not looking like a pretty boy uh, with this. And this is extreme metal. And his whole thing with that is like, I have to go as hard as I can, as fast as I can, as much as I can all the time. We have to be the hardest act out there, right? And with this and with kind of Ocean Machine, Biomechanist, uh, Terria as well, Devin is trying to find the balance of like what he is and what he's trying to do. 
Um, and he's emotionally, I mean, he's a guy who's gone through like being bipolar and, um, and is trying to figure out, can I stay sober? Can I not? Can I, what kind of life do I want to do? How can I define myself? All of this stuff. And it kind of gets to be in this album of saying, look, I don't need to be extreme metal. I don't need to be, um, you know, I, I can, I can create songs that are really good and, and more accessible in this way that still showcases all my wonderful talents, but it's not, you know, I don't need to be the hardest thing ever. I just need to be the best songwriter I can uh, in a way that isn't just my absolute chaos. He's trying to rein that back a little. Sorry. I felt like I should say all that stuff before going into it because you can kind of see it through this entire album as he goes back and forth. Well, and I just kind of launched us right into the track by track uh, because I was eager to get there. So yeah, that, oh, that's I'm so really that's great too. information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when you, you know, you said he was uh, the singer for Steve I, that, that kind of knocked me back for a few seconds. I was like, whoa, you know, because first of all, just what a great gig that must have been. And here's somebody who, in my early impression, I'm thinking of as a guitarist, you know, right. primarily. And, you know, for that to be his, I guess, introduction uh, to to the music world, yeah. that's Wow, that's a pretty incredible. I, mm, and and yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about the voice, but with, yeah, depth charge, uh, great intro, and I'm really really happy that this is a song that you kind of linked with early on, or at least uh, you know nowadays you're like, oh yeah, this is one of your favorites of the of the record. Well, and it's you know it being the opener, then that opened my mind up more to hearing the rest of it. So sure. that initial resistance that I had because of it being labeled, you know, progressive metal that faded pretty quickly after hearing this opener again, like I said, especially after about the second time. Um, but it's funny cause you and I are both saying, you know, we don't love the like screamy shouty uh, lyrics, but actually one of my favorite parts so far of this entire album is what he, uh, he's you know, screaming, who's behind the door. I'm yeah, behind right. the behind door. The and door. like, it's so yeah. good. <laughs> And it just keeps pushing up. It just it keeps going along. And it's like, you're feeling like, all right, yeah, I'm ready to go on this journey with you, Devin. Let's, let's keep going. He has this yeah. big, this big uh, bridge where it like hits every note. Bam, 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 bam. But, you know, it's just, it's this big, like every hit is there and you're with him on it. Um, and, and you kind of forget like, right, this is a guitar guy. And like, you're not hearing a solo or something. You're hearing like, Every chord is just the hugest chord there is, you know? Uh, ah, great, great <laughs> intro. Love it. Yeah. And also, I want to talk about what you were saying before about how his personal struggles really get reflected in the type of music that he makes. Because I could, knowing next to nothing about Devin Townsend and only having listened to this album a few times, one of the things that I, I could tell about this album and about him was that there was a little bit of this internal struggle going on because part parts of the album are incredibly heavy and parts of our are really to me surprisingly poppy and straightforward oh yeah oh, and man. he's clearly trying to achieve some sort of balancing act here it's Absolutely. very it seems very clear oh man and there's a there's a song even dedicated just to that act uh, act i don't want to spoil i'm curious you know which one that is but uh we'll, we'll, we'll right, get to well, that we'll later see, yeah if we get to it if all right. All right. Sounds good. Well, uh, and, you know, 
kind of just right on that same train of thought, the second track is Storm. And the thing that I wrote about it here, and these comments are as much meant for me to just sort of jog my memory about what the song sounds like uh, and as any kind of helpful or useful commentary. But I wrote sort of an Asia or GTR feel. So there was that kind of, again, those are two kind of later progressive rock acts that, I mean, people, some people might even kind of blanch it at me calling them progressive because it's, you know, progressive rockers from the seventies really doing more pop oriented material. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, this was kind of my first inkling that, okay, there's more here than just like heavy, heavy playing. Like this is a really kind of melodic little bit of a poppy song here. Oh man, storm is something else. Storm, it's 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 his internal storm, right? I, uh, but it's uh, to me that what really shines in the song is, I uh, the final the final chorus. I uh, I mean it, it's a song where he's kind of uh, he starts it off soft with this "you are" and it's like, uh, uh, actually I'm sorry that's 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 deadhead. Oh man, but I but with storm he, he screams it in the end. Right. And again, I don't like screams. He it's not it's not mm-hmm. a like a, a yell. It, it's it's a guy singing, but just just passionately. It's still there. And he oh, Storm, it really gets you the way that uh, he gets these high notes and he holds them. Ooh, that's a journey of emotion, that song. It really is something else. And it's a very simple tune. It just go, goes back and forth uh, like a pendulum of two chords, you know, the tonic and the fifth, and just goes back and forth. And it's, oh, man, you, you, you just feel for the guy listening to the song. Yeah, well, I, you know, again, me focusing on music more than lyrics, I didn't pick up <laughs> on that part of it. Um, but you know, so I was just more tuned into the fact that this was not as, as heavy as I would have expected given, right, right. you know, what depth charge sounded like. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh, the, yeah, the dynamics in storm. I mean, I storm it is, is known as, um, there are like th- two songs off of this record that everyone is just like, okay, God tier Devin Townsend storm is one of them in this way. All right. Well, that, that makes me want to go back and give that an especially close listen uh, when I follow up here. Uh, let's go to the third track, Random Analysis, which I didn't really have a, a lot of commentary on. Uh, I mean, there's kind of a cool little part in the middle um, where it, it gets a lot of softer and it's it's a different feel, uh, but there's a lot of kind of, you know, chunky guitars, uh, which was kind of what I expected to hear a lot of on this album. Definitely. Uh, yeah, random analysis. Um, it, I, I think you hit it right. Like the, the bridge is, I think the most interesting part It has a single string, um, uh, staccato really to it. Uh, kind of like an Ebo almost, um, as he's rapidly picking it. Uh, and it goes off to this soaring, a slow halftime bridge. And Devin does halftime incredibly well. He has like a pulsing da 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 You know, it's, it's going through like that. And all of a sudden, he just stops halftime through it. You feel it going off into a different space. Wow. 
mean, he's an operatic singer. You know, he he's not just your typical like uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of some random singer. They're all like amazing singers though, so I don't want. <laughs> but you know, he's just not your standard hard rock act. He's someone who has like operatic training and can and really show that and massive range. And it's it's soft and smooth, like a lullaby almost halfway through. And it's a beautiful little journey that he just takes you on and like nestles you down into a cloud almost. Uh, and then he brings it back to it. Like, okay, right, we're in a hard rock song. Okay, right, of course, we got to get back to that. <laughs> you know, I mean, he does that stuff so well. And I think that bridge really, really showcases you know, those dynamics, but also he knows how to groove. He, it, like, it, it doesn't matter how fast you play, like with his strapping young lad stuff, you can still feel that heaviness while being slow. Uh, yeah, it, that's a really, really great bridge of random analysis. So, you know, since you, you've brought up strapping young lads again, um, so what I had read was that that was very different from this, and, oh, yeah. and intentionally so. So do you have a preference for one band over the other? Uh, and what what is the nature of the difference between them? I don't touch Strapping Young Lad. Uh, that is that is your extreme metal where it's said like Devin does extreme metal. That's Strapping Young Lad. A couple albums okay. or songs here and there. Uh, like there's an album called Deconstruction. When Devin Townsend had his Devin Townsend project, he had a series of four albums that were the four different sides of him. Uh, there we have a like, ghost, which is this very calm, serene, acoustic, like just soundscape, peaceful. Then you have deconstruction, which is just chaos endlessly, and that's that's his strapping young lad side. You have addicted, okay, which is his more like accelerated evolution of poppy and you know pop metal, which is I, I love that album. And you also have key, which is this. Um, it's interesting. It's like the kind of the ghost side of like the nice calming, but has this odd twisted um darkness to it as well it's a very good balance between all of it um but i but yeah i prefer devon not not strapping a lot that's just so much that's like thrash industrial uh it's too chaotic not um not musically my thing of i wanted to have dynamics and i wanted to i don't really love the intensity and blast beats it's just too much for me i can't lock into it i can't groove with Mm -hmm. that as much uh, he does have two songs. It's Love and Almost Always that are, I think, dissonant a bit from that whole thing that is more of a Devin Townsend song to me, both of those two. Those are such good songs. But uh, the other stuff, yeah, I just completely avoid Strapping Young Lad. Okay, okay. Well, that makes it clearer to me then what the, what the difference is. And, you know, you talk about Devin's ability to groove, which um, yeah, I definitely noticed on this album and also like really like the drummer, too. Oh yeah, in uh, the Devon Townsend band, really big. Uh, helps with that. Yeah, it's uh, just so big yeah. and massive. Oh, every hit of the snare is an explosion, and it's oh, love it. <laughs> yeah, but good, a good groove too. So uh, really, really like the drumming on this album. Well, you know, you talked about how um, Devon Townsend's really good at the the halftime and, and slowing things down, and uh, I think the same is true on Deadhead, which. Mm. You know, there's that two minute intro, which I don't know, again, maybe with repeated listens, I'll get more into it. But I, I was kind of just waiting for him to to get into the song. And I'm not opposed to long instrumental introductions if, if they mm-hmm. kind of go somewhere, you know, take me different places. And I right. just didn't feel like this intro did that. But then when you get four minutes in and you get that 
slower, softer, kind of droney guitar part, that that just totally hooked me. I mean, it's oh, just man, such it's a magical. Um, it's so mesmerizing. Yeah. Oh man, Deadhead is Deadhead is like the song for a lot of people, um, and it's up there for me. It's it's that's what I was thinking of before. Yeah, the um, he starts it off with a "You Are Sun Goddess," and it just kind of like you know it sets you in for a while. It has this little nice melody, and then he repeats it at the end, and it's in like anger, and it's in uh, he, it's been through so much. Um, oh man, that song is uh, him playing that one live. It, it, it's captivating. It's it, it, he owns every single ounce of 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 uh, of oxygen from everybody on every single word. It's man, Deadhead. It it's a it's an experience to me, especially if you hear that for the first time. And you really. You know, you sink into the whole groove of it. Uh, it's a weird groove, too. Um, it, it, you know, how you play this, it's not something like... There are oftentimes I see a guitarist play a song, and I think, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. You're going from, like, a G to a this to a that, and th- you can kind of hear it. It's it's not a... It's not like a straight chord or something. Um, he plays an open C, and he has this... Uh, he just kind of goes on the third fret and and does it differently and syncopates it a little and it's a little off and it just works it just uh, and just keeps trucking through and going uh, methodically through it deadhead is is an is an experience uh, to be had well, I um, I put a little asterisk next to it, uh, which I sometimes do just to remind myself, okay, you know, which are the ones I really liked. And yet yeah, that and, and Death Charge got the asterisks. Nice. <laughs> okay, good. good. I'm glad. I'm glad Deadhead got there. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, had I a have a feeling, but yeah. Yeah. And I have a wonder too. I mean, just in general, this album has been growing on me and I have a feeling it would grow on me more with, with more listens. So maybe even that two minute intro would grab me a little bit more uh, once I, I start to listen to the album more times. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely a standout. Uh, like I said, especially that part in the middle, um, really a standout part of the album, at least for me. Uh, let, if you let it take you, uh, you will enjoy the journey. I like that it's advice. Wonderful. I like that wonderful. advice. Yeah. Let the, let the music take you where, where it's going and not where you want it to go. So yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go on to the next track, uh, "Suicide." Uh, so, what uh, what part of this track, or what aspect of this track, uh, do you really like the most? So, um, this might be my favorite Devin Townsend song. Wow, I know, um, and I, I think it's very specific to me. I I recognize that any for Devin Townsend fans, um, it's not really up there. It's not mentioned among like the greatest. Devin Townsend songs, Deadhead often is, or Storm is, um, but I, I mean, there's so many others, but you know, Kingdom is a huge one. If you're trying to actually, if anyone listening to this is like, I need to experience Devin Townsend, the one thing you should do is Google Devin Townsend Kingdom EMG. Just watch that video. You'll understand him as a human, understand what he can do. It's it's excellent, but for me, suicide. It hits all the notes of what I love about progressive metal. 
it has this very interesting slow um a harmonic minor riff to begin going from the tonic down a half step down to the uh to the minor sixth up to the major seventh and back um and it, it just it goes through and it has the main riff to it is fantastic it has a solo in it and it's it's not like the most proficient solo ever but it has these moments where it hangs up and falls back down and I uh, suicide like you think the word suicide is about his actual like you know concerning his life it's not it's this is him battling of I've wasted all this time I don't even know what I am in musically like this is my life and I'm at a point where I don't know what I'm supposed to put out am I supposed to put out strapping a lad am I supposed to uh, be something else if I'm supposed to be something else what is that going to be and how many how many hours have I wasted being something that I don't want to be? How much suicide have I committed to myself uh, of like uh, of essentially being detrimental to my own career? Uh, and he's battling that its entire way through, which I found so fascinating inside of this album as he's showcasing different um, aspects of himself. So I again, I don't really care about lyrics. I looked up more of them just to make sure I understood them better for this <laughs> to help out. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I, like I, I enjoy the lyrics because I, I, I can't tell you what they are all the way through, but I can sing along with them, and I enjoy singing along with them. If that makes sense, yeah. translating actually what they, the symbolism of it, the poetry, maybe not so much, but the, uh, yeah, it, suicide to me is this. It, it hits all the notes of being progressive, having nice changes through it, transitions that feel smooth but interesting and different from the norm, um, and while still kicking your butt in the right way. And, and grooving, <laughs> uh, and with fantastic choruses, uh, it, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a, just a perfect little package of a Devin Townsend song. Now, this, it's the song that's got that line where again he's screaming, "I wasted my time the way uh, I." Well, you knew that I would. Yeah, exactly. That was it. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, when you were describing what the song is about, I'm like, okay, well now these lyrics really make sense. Whereas before I really didn't understand. Right. At all. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't I had, know if yeah. this was, yeah. Ah, oh, um, that's such a good chorus. Uh, that's such a, oh, such a good chorus. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wasting my time. And I did make, I did make another guitar solo. So when you said it earlier, he doesn't really do solos. I, I wanted to say, you know, oh, but what about suicide? He's got so one. To He's it, got so. one. And, and, and I think it's a great solo. I mean, it's yeah. like a hair on the back of your neck, standing up kind of guitar solo, as far as I'm concerned, whether it's, you know, no matter how proficient it is or it isn't, I thought it was, I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, he can play, he can do all this stuff, you know, he can, he can do tapping, he can do sweet picking, all this stuff. He just chooses <laughs> not to, because it's normally just doesn't fit, you know, and it works super well in this. And it's not one of those virtuoso guitar solos. It just, it's what he needed for it. And yeah, it's a great solo. Yeah. Yeah. And you certainly hear the virtuoso stuff in other parts of the album. So you just sure, yeah. need to be showing that all the time. Uh, I thought Traveler was an interesting track. That's the, the next one up. 
I think this could be the most accessible song on the album, although Slow Me Down is right up there with it. Mm. Um, but this was one of the few ones where, you know, I kind of even the first or second time kind of caught myself singing along because it was just really easy to pick up the lyrics in the intro. A little bit deep in the mix, there's a little bit of a jangly guitar sound that's very different from everything I had heard prior to it on this album. Sure, yeah, so again, yeah. it's kind of part of that versatility and, and blending of genres. thought that was really cool and i also wrote harmonies in the chorus and you know i made note of it because i hadn't noticed that before but then in subsequent listens to the album i noticed that there's actually more harmonizing on here than than i noticed initially but it really really stands out in traveler that that's what harmonies are supposed to be right you're not really supposed to be aware of it you're supposed to just kind of you're supposed to yeah pad it but not make it stand out separate from the main thing right um yeah, yeah, you you hit it on the head. Yeah, travel absolutely the most accessible one. It's it's just a straightforward rock song. That's that's all it is. I mean, yeah, same, same with slow me down, but traveler is like the. I mean, the even the bridge is is like Devin can't quite get away from it. He's got this weird, <laughs> uh, kind of mysterious, uh, heavy hitting one, um, but he can't he can't tear himself away uh, so much from it. And it's like the chorus is very straightforward. It's, um, and it's interesting. I mean. I don't know. I'm actually curious. I, I don't want me to put words in your mouth. Um, but did you, as you're going through this album, like with Traveler Away, Sunday Afternoon, Slow Me Down versus, you know, Depth Charge, Storm, Deadhead, Suicide. Did they, how, w- did you feel differently about the first and second half here? Totally. So I'm, I'm so glad you asked that because I, I, I know that it's that I like one part more than the other. It's just that, they did seem to be distinct sides of the album. And this is long right. after, you know, that was the primary way that music was distributed. I mean, this, at this point, it's, you know, the beginning of, of, um, you know, downloadable music when this came out. So, um, but it, to me, it definitely sounded like distinct sides that if not thematically, certainly, you know, musically um, were really distinct from one another, but yeah, I hadn't really developed opinion about, which one I, I liked better than the other, I guess, because the two songs I, I really liked uh, with Depth Charts and, and Deadhead coming earlier, that, you know, maybe that resonated with me a little bit more. But I don't think I've listened to it enough times to really sure. make, make that call. Well, I, I will. Uh, <laughs> go go um, for it. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, the, uh, it, to me, it's after suicide, then it becomes like the fun side of Devin is traveler away Sunday afternoon, slow me down. That's a lot more of him just kind of having a good time. Like, all right, this is good music. I think this is good music. I'm just going to be kind of nicer and, and more straightforward with it. While the first half to me is the emotional, like the, the tormented side, the, the him truly trying to figure it out and, and hoping, you know, extending his hand, hoping you'll take it to, to grasp like what's really going on with him. Um, and to me, that's so. Uh, that's a lot more of the interesting Devin Townsend to me, um, and it's why I kind of wrestled okay. for a long time about like what what album do I give you? Because I think a lot of Devin Townsend records are like this, where he can't quite decide exactly what he wants to do uh, with everything, and he can't <laughs> help like showcase all of it. And 
so so when it comes to like a certain Devin record for me, I have like forty songs I love by him, but it's all like four picked from every album or something along those lines. Not just okay, here's the entirety of this album, and then a couple from that one. It's very spread out. I uh, so so for me, the second half is fun, and I will always listen to it. I uh, they don't hit as hard as the emotional journey and uh, and shifting and and just intrigue of those first five. But travel, I mean, travel is a great song. I, I dig it. Yeah, no, I do too. And it's you know, again, you having listened to this many, many, many more times than I have. Um, you know, you were just you know right on on target in terms of. Um, delineating what's different between the two sides of the, the the album, I just had this sense like, okay, this just feels really different. And I yeah, yeah probably right. if I give it a little right. bit more thought, given that yeah, the two most accessible s- songs are on the second half. Um, but no, that's exactly it. Yeah, that first yeah. half is just much more tortured, I, um, much more intense, hard hitting. Right. But there are parts I, of the second half that are are that way too. It's just not as prominent. Well, it's okay. So so how do you feel about a way? The seventh track on this. Um, like it was nice. Right. <laughs> it was nice. It was definitely <laughs> not a standout track for me. Right. But I mean, the only thing I wrote in my own notes was this is practically an instrumental. Cause yep. I mean, there's oh, pretty a much. Bit oh, of yeah. vocals, but it's almost just like, you know, vocal as instrumentation, uh, as opposed to something to sing along with. It- so I just thought it was, it was a nice little instrumental that I guess I wish maybe, had a little bit more dynamics, but um, yeah, yeah, like I, it was I, just nice. I feel like I've written things like away before, where it's uh, he has this really nice pattern, like it goes down. I'm sorry, I'm singing into the pot. I can't believe I'm actually doing that. he's like hey i got this cool little thing um let's just kind of see like where i can go and it's like him noodling off of that almost for a full song as he's just kind of daydreaming um and it's not it's it's very obviously a coherent song you know there's sometimes you hear like these instrumentals that are just kind of there you know um and this one very much is like okay he wrote a song with that but yeah it's it's I don't know. The other things are obviously so more well crafted and and meticulous in their development, and away is just kind of like, oh, this is a fun thing, <laughs> you know. And you're like, all right, yeah, this is, you know, okay, not not bad. <laughs> uh, that's about it. I mean, exactly what your notes were were perfect. I love that. Okay, yeah, and uh, you know, I haven't really had the time to kind of you know, digest this and, and kind of put everything in its its proper category, you know? Uh, so to me, it was kind of like, okay, well, this is this is sort of random, but there's a lot of stuff here that's sort of random. Right, sure. But now that you're kind of giving me this framework, again, looking first half versus second half, um, you know, I, I can, it fits better now. Like, it doesn't seem as random. Like, it is, yeah, it's just another kind of nice, fun little mel- melody. Um, and I shouldn't be necessarily looking for it to, you know, be hitting me over the head like... Yeah. Uh, you know, random analysis or, or depth chargers, you know, one right. of those other tracks. Yeah. How is it the second longest song though? I mean, like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, yeah, there's a lot of like long songs. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, 
It's a weird uh, transition to the, the last two, Sunday Afternoon and Slow Me Down. All right. Well, yeah, you wanted to know what I thought of Away. So I am also very curious about what you think of Sunday Afternoon. Uh, and, and especially because, I mean, you say you don't know a lot of uh, music theory, but I'm guessing you know more than I do. And here's, like, you know, listening to the song, I was really kind of wishing I was like Rick Beato and had this like great mm. you know, musical vocabulary to describe because there's this um, progression that comes up a couple of times. Uh, and, and so I wrote down lyrically what's happening in one of them. Ain't it strange? People change, but it's OK. And to me, it almost sounded like smooth jazz the way that the vocals mm. harmonized and the way and, and the, the, the chord progression itself. And I'm sure there is a name for it, <laughs> but I don't know what it is, but do you know the part I'm talking about? It just, it, I, it sounds completely okay. different from everything else on the album. Um, I think you're talking about after the chorus, right? It's, it's, it's an afternoon and it goes off into this thing. I think that's what you're talking about. I, can I, I listen yeah, to it right I now? Is this right. Is, okay? All right. <clears throat> so yeah, so I just listened to it a little bit more again. I think I know what you're getting at. It's a really interesting bridge, uh, and he does a lot of, as you said, vocal harmonies over it that i think is are fascinating um sunday afternoon it, it there are times when i feel like oh yeah it's along the song li- same lines it's like traveler and slow me down but then no it's there's a lot going on in this uh and i think it's a pretty cool meld of your standard rock you know poppy rock song with actually like the progressive nature of devon uh especially with the, the way that the guitar goes after the chorus is is, is voice you know ends on sunday afternoon and it soars off into the skies. You can kind of feel the sun coming down as he says it, you know. Um, I think it's a really creative, cool vibe of a song. Yeah, it really is. And I, like I said, I just wish I had had better words to, to describe yeah. it to somebody who hasn't heard it yet. But it's it's a really interesting track. And it, it has a lot of different sounds to it. I mean, when he uh, sings, I will wait for you, he really sounds like Lane Staley. He sounds like Lane Staley in a few different places. Sure. Yeah. On the that's album. a great but call. That, that, that it really felt the vocals, but the whole thing just felt a little like Alice in Chains. To me. I will. Right, right, and he has that um, has that that uh, that riff entering the bridge that is he really leans on and it gets heavy for a moment. It's a really interesting syncopation and stuff um, to show like, hey, I'm still Devin Townsend. I do interesting things that I that I'm not gonna just do the standard. You know, here's a basic four chord bridge or something and get back to this. Uh, yeah, Sunday afternoon. It's it's like of the second half to me is like okay, that's one that I would. You know, that's along the lines to me of like random analysis and depth charge uh, of that kind of feel. Yeah, and I think that's why it wasn't as obvious to me how the second half was different. It was different, but it didn't seem all of one piece. And I think it's because Sunday afternoon. It is a, a little bit. It's a little bit different from everything else on the album. 
entirely. Definitely. Uh, and I would say definitely the the best and most interesting of these um, these last four tracks. Um, so let's get to the last one, Slow Me Down, um, which I had said before is definitely one of the most accessible tracks. It not only sounds like just a classic album closer, it sounds like something you would end the concert with either before yeah. or as the encore. Um, just That's totally. a great call. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that said, I mean, initially, you know, these first few listens, it's probably my least favorite track because it's just it just wasn't distinctive in any way that I could find. Oh yeah, I mean it's um. Imagine listening to like Storm or Deadhead. It's like oh man, he's pouring himself out, and all of a sudden, it's like, dun 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 dun. dun. Like what? Is this the same guy? <laughs> is this? This isn't. This isn't this at all. But you're right. It has that high energy, just very positive nature to it. You know, um, it, it's a it's a complete like radio pop song. You know, um, and it's not really the. Uh, you know, when I think of the catalog of work of Devin, it's fine. It works. You know. Um, it is a good example to me of like, that is metal and yet it's major tone, right? It's not minor. It's not a dissonant song. It's not dark or anything like that. There's some of the warmth in a way. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, Devin's like, Hey, it doesn't all have to be about doom and gloom and, I all, all that stuff um but yeah slow me down is it's it, like slow me down in a way i think are the two that people just kind of forget about completely on this record um and yeah using it as like a, a concert closer i think would be a really fun way of just like all right let's just get energized and and jump around for a bit as we head out now have you seen devin townsend live oh man yes he's amazing <laughs> he hasn't done that though i mean i i, okay. I started seeing him in 2011 or so and i've seen it i think four times but this this record came out you know 2003 and uh um, he plays deadhead in every single one pretty much because duh it's so good um (laughs) and i wish he played more of storm he doesn't do that as much anymore and i think he's actually talked about how that was an expression like this really tough time in his life and like you know anytime anyone brings up storm he always says like oh man that was a that was the time of my life, you know, <laughs> in that way. So I think to him, it's not as easy for him to like bring out that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but Deadhead is the one. I mean, from this record, that is just you can't you can't think of Dead of uh, Devin Townsend without Deadhead. It's oh, it's unbelievable. Wow. Okay. Well, that's uh, yeah. I mean, that I would think would be a, like a signature song for him. Not knowing any of the other albums, but just you know. From from this group, that's one I would expect that would be be a real crowd pleaser. Absolutely, I'm glad you picked up on it too. Like you put an asterisk. I mean, Death Chart is great too. I'm mean, thank you for giving it its its praise because it doesn't get enough Death Charge. I uh, but yeah, I'm very. I was like, okay, if Al doesn't if Al doesn't get Deadhead, there's no hope here. <laughs> and uh, I was like, good, okay, we got we got Deadhead. Good, all right. There's something tangible we can we can work with this. <laughs> Yeah, I no, I went very quickly from entering the first lesson with quite a bit of trepidation just based on preconceived ideas of what it was going to be and what I wasn't going to like to like really quickly by the third li- li- listen. Like, first of all, just being psyched, knowing that it starts off with Death Charge. I'm just like, all right, <laughs> yeah, let's go kick some ass. This like this, yeah, right, this right. first song is just so good. And then just that kind of easing me into the rest of it and 
by that third listen and certainly by the fourth time, like really um, starting to like the whole, the whole album a lot more. Yeah. I want to, I want to hear more of your just kind of, yeah, you, you, your feelings going into it. You were like, okay, progressive metal. I'm not really ready for this. Um, and now that you've, you've experienced a taste of Devin, this is a taste. This isn't all of him. There's so, oh, there, there's so much Devin out there that is fascinating and, um, and more progressive. Um, like for example, if I, what I really wanted to do was send you like a, a 12 song mix. Um, but I felt, all right, you know what? Let's just go with the album and go like that. Cause that's, you know, I think that is a better approach and I like what you're doing here with this. And this affected me listening to this album. So, but yeah, maybe I'll do that another time, but <laughs> I want to, I want to, yeah, I kind of want to get your, your, your takeaways here of Devin feeling, you know, what did you like? What did you, um, you know, what was your experience with it? Do you rec like, do you understand maybe a little sliver of why Devin is as large as he is and kind of what he can do? I am starting to, and this conversation has me getting that even better, which happens a lot on this show. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, there are certain albums that I just can embrace, you know, right when, you know, right before we, we do the show. Um, and then there are, you know, others like this one that have to grow on me a bit. Uh, and then the discussion helps me understand things that I couldn't understand on my own with, with a very small number of listens. So I get a little bit, but just to break that down a little bit. So I, you know, I come in and I'm thinking, okay, there's going to be a lot of screaming and there's going to be a lot of that like chunky guitar sound, which is, you know, I, it bugs me that I don't like it that much because I feel like it's closed mindedness of, you know, well, I grew up with a certain guitar sound from seventies and eighties albums and, and even the the nineties, which I, you know, grew to really love the, the sound of nineties rock. Um, but this kind of sound, I'm sure, I don't know, Nick, maybe you tell me if you can see the connection here, but sort of reminds me of like Linkin Park, a little like Linkin Park is kind of like, oh, sure. the, like the popified version of this. Um, and it's just something that, that I've never totally warmed up to. So I, you know, came in with these ideas about what it was going to sound like, how, how I wasn't going to like it. And so the, the initial things I noticed is like, okay, yeah, there's the screaming and okay. And, you know, I, noticing it was really riffy and the riffs were very anthemic and that was kind of something to hang my hat on. And then noti- noticing the elements that were proggy and that being something familiar and comfortable and being like, okay, I c- I've got stuff to work with here. So for the first couple of listens, it was just like, okay, you know, yeah, there's these anthemic riffs and these prog elements and, you know, so, okay, you know, I, I can, I can settle into this, but then the things that you, you were pointing out, some of the things that I, I started to notice in terms of the blending of different genres and just kind of his internal battle that played out in these songs. I think that's most clearly played out on, on Sunday afternoon where it's just a lot of different sounds kind of meshed together in ways that I didn't expect that on the third or fourth listen were like, okay, this is cool, but I, you know, I don't know if I totally dig this yet to, I, I think that, you know, in future listens, it'll just be something that I adjust to. And then I can, I can really appreciate it more. And yeah. that's, that's kind of the process. That's a process with this album. And that's a process with all the albums so far really is that I listen to it once or twice, just very casually, just to kind of get myself acclimated to, to the sound. Mm-hmm. And then I can drill down a little deeper. And sure. once, once I went in that drill down process with this album, I, I found a lot more there than, than I expected to. 
I'm I'm okay. I'm so happy uh, of all of that. I'm also happy that we went with accelerated evolution because it's easily the. <laughs> if I went to like a different one, yeah. oh man, there's no <laughs> way you would have, you would have jumped in. This is a good stepping stone if you are to go on that path. And if you're not, hey, that's all right. That's you know that's the beauty of music, is that we all like different elements, and why we like those elements are you know unique to us. I and I I am I am curious. Um, so so yeah, Deadhead and Depth Charge were the ones that you you really aligned yourself with. Were you did you find yourself singing along with any of these? I mean, I think you mentioned that with De- Depth Tra- Charge, Traveler, and, and Traveler. Depth Charge. Depth. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, I would say those two certainly the most. Uh, I think yeah, probably those were the only ones actually because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with the other ones, I didn't even really note what the lyrics were i was just sure, as yeah. i typically am much more focused on the music but with traveler it was almost sort of impossible it's a really you know sing-along kind of song um of course. and then with depth charge it just that song just grabbed me so i mean it was just i wasn't wasn't really struggling with it i just was jamming with it so yeah so that one was uh was uh, easier to sing along with definitely uh yeah i found myself like sunday afternoon i always have to say sunday afternoon when he says it in that um, and then I, I, I struggle to, cause I can't sing like Devin, but like in storm deadhead and suicide, all of those final, each one of those songs, they build up to this chorus that are just, oh, you, you just understand, you just grasp what he's going through and you just, you're there with him. And you know, I, what I want to ask you is, I mean, you saw this giant vocal range from Devin, right? Yeah, I mean, he goes from sweet lullaby to all right. This is like a nice, fun rock to really pouring everything out. Um, would you call his uh, most extreme vocals in this? What? Would, how would you label that exactly? Yeah, I'm not sure I've got the word because I'm sure there are words for it. Uh, you know, I, before I said screamy shouty, well, <laughs> that might be well, the right, closest I, it, I come to it. Yeah, right. But like, is it, um, I, I understand because I can't really express this either. Um, would you say it's on the extreme of like a scream, you know, or would you say it's like not really a growl either? It's, it's different, right? It, 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 it's musical, but yeah. I really feel like there must be a term for it, but because this is a genre that I have really little exposure to that, I just don't know it. And um, the, the last episode I did before this one, my guest was JB Brubaker, who's in August Burns Red. And that's a band. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but, oh, yeah, um, yeah. metal, you know, very heavy, um, with much more kind of consistently shouty lyrics than, yeah. than Devin Townsend, uh, like yep. less kind of less variety in the vocal approach. Um, and I mean, but, but. The, the kind of the the shouty screamy vocals on you know from that band and from the album that I listened to um, just before the uh, the episode leveler uh, and the more screamy lyrics on this album there's a very sim- similar style there um, mm-hmm. so there I mean there's got there's got to be some sort of name for it so if folks if you're listening sure. and you're better versed in this stuff than we are uh, yeah let us know what that type of vocal is called because there's got to be some kind of yeah. kind of name for it because it, it's, i mean i think it it's like something is, from like the early 2000s that was a thing right um it, it, i guess what i'm asking is like i i can't normally take screams you know it, like the, it's not really to me a scream because it feels he does such a gradual um a, a gradual process to go from right i can sing this and i'm still singing you can feel the melody of it it just happens to be a little bit more intense and 
has that vocal fry on it uh, to, to make it yeah. uh, grainy and, and gravelly as he does it. Um, the, and it doesn't, it, it doesn't grate me like, uh, like others. When I hear a scream randomly in a song or something like that, he doesn't just let it out like that. He prepares you for it. You know, you feel ready to, to you feel that emotion and then it, he shares it with you. Um, well, it's, it, yeah. And he does it kind of sparingly because like that, that's part of what I, I kind of liked about Depth Charge is that you have that screaming vocal, but it's like, it's, it's not just a, like a fixed part of the, the soundscape. Right. Like it's, it's a, it's an exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Right. That's a really good way of putting it. And, and Storm, man, and Storm, he has in his final vocals on this it's it's this super operatic say if you wanted to say if you wanted to and he goes up and down and it's almost like it's a, a begging and as he says please and you can feel it's actually him begging on it and it goes up and down and up and down and it's still so operatic and then all of a sudden it, it gets to such a point where he's really it's just raw emotion of it it doesn't feel like a scream it feels just a giant beg that isn't clean it it is you know it has that that vocal fry and everything on it oh and then he lets it out oh man that is like such an emotional peak um in, in storm and like i oh, i want to sing it at, with him but i can't <laughs> i can't come close to like how he does it you know but oh it, it, it's such a you know, I, I'm someone coming from the guitar standpoint. I'm like, okay, this is a song. And I've, I told you before, like I wrote, you know, all those songs in that one year, nothing close to this stuff because there is this element of, of music that is not the lyrics. It's not growling and stuff. It's the actual, you know, the, 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 the vibrato, the timbre of the, of the singer and how that just embraces everything else underneath in the right way. And Devin does such a good job of, of uniting the two um, into one. And that's like, as a singer songwriter that he is, I hate even calling him that. Cause there's this idea that he just plays like acoustic guitar or piano or something like that. But it, that's he, uh, he really knows how to intertwine them and make them each speak to each other. And man, and if everyone's listening to this, like, okay, I want to understand this. Yeah. Listen to depth charge, listen to storm, listen to deadhead and you'll understand all of it. Mm. He's a beautiful human. Love him. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I really, really thank you for uh, picking this album. I mean, any album you would have picked, uh, I, I'd be ah. grateful for the, the exposure to something new. Uh, but this is really totally new. Um, didn't know any of the songs. Never heard of the guy. <laughs> Not yeah, even great. really familiar with the genre at all. So this was really a, a, a great way to kind of dip my toe into that waters. And um yeah, uh, Any- I really, really appreciate it, Nick and, and everything you brought brought to the discussion here. Oh, man. I mean, if anyone that enjoys music, I think for all of us, uh, we're all so lucky to have someone to share it with and to see, you know, uh, that one that you, you say, like, oh, listen to this band or something goes, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll listen to it, whatever. And they just kind of brush it aside for you to give people a platform to really outline their joy and passion for an album. You say, okay, yeah, I'll give a. I'll give it a real serious listen to this and an educated thought process. And, and it's such a joy for us to be able to share these with you, Al. So thank you for taking the time to listen to Devin and giving him more of a platform. I feel like it's my civic duty as a Devin Townsend fan to make as many people 
in the world understand how special he is. Um, and even um, if, as you continue your journey, if you do with Devin, it's not necessarily your thing. Just the fact that you took the mm-hmm. time to to explore if it was, and maybe you know people listening to this who've never heard of Devin Townsend can now maybe there's just one person that now listens to him and realizes that they are linked. Uh, is just a great thing. So really, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to do this. Well, it really is my pleasure. And, and, you know, Nick, we could have come on here and talked about anything. It's always a pleasure to, to chat with you. But uh, yeah, this was this was really special. So uh, I, my pleasure, uh, absolutely. And I yeah, would give the same advice to folks that if they're not familiar with Devin Townsend, yeah, listen to those, those three tracks, uh, Death Charge, Storm, and, and Deadhead. That'll, I think, give you a good, um, you know, a good taste of it and yeah, exactly if you're if it's not your thing it's not your thing but at least you've uh you've checked it out so and, and, um and if you like what you cool. hear i got one yeah yeah if you like what you hear just tweet at me i will oh, i will happily send you down the path <laughs> all right and, and yeah we will get to that i always do like to let people know uh where they can get, get a hold of both of us Bef- right before we do that though i want to take note that um you me and album is now kind of come full circle because the first guest was alex fast also oh yeah picture list um, so, uh, you know, every 25 episodes or so, uh, need, need to get picture list in, into the, oh, into the room. The here. next one you want is Ben Palmer. I'm going to tell you right now. It's, it's Ben Palmer without a doubt. <laughs> Episode 50. There it is. That's how, that's how it's going to roll. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Um, I appreciate that. Really appreciate that, Nick. So yes, where is the best place for people to get their comments to you online? Oh, of course, at Petrolist, just tweet at me. If you say anything Devin Townsend, it will be like a bat signal to me. I will be there right away. <laughs> uh, please, please, please tweet at me anything you want about Devin. I'm, I'm here for you. It's, it's a wonderful journey. Let's go on it together. All right, fantastic. Yeah, take them up on it. Please do. And uh, tag me as well, uh, either or both, at Milk. Al Mel, excuse me, at Al Melky or BB or at you, me album, either or both work. And as I mentioned on the last episode, I am now on Instagram, kind of, sort of, I have an account there. Um, I'm like slowly getting, getting up to speed there. Uh, I'll be doing more in the future. Uh, I promise. Uh, but, uh, in any event, uh, yeah, hit me up there as well. Um, and that's also at you, me album, uh, on Instagram. would love to get your comments and your feedback there, uh, as well as on Twitter. So, um, Nick Pollock, Thank you so very much. Looking forward to the next discussion whenever and wherever it is and whatever the topic is. Oh, thank you so much, Al. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, on that note, folks, um, we're going to end put an end to this episode here, but there will be more. There'll be more in a week as there always is. Uh, So until then, everybody, please still be safe, be well, and listen to some great music. Take care.